Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. 50 years after his assassination on WSB. This is your host for this special, Herman Cain. And yes, we're going to tell you the truth even as we honor the memory of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Thank you for joining us for this special. Once upon this planet Earth lived a man of humble birth preaching love and freedom for his fellow men. You're listening to the voice of he was the famous singer the day. Nina Simone. Peace would come to earth to stay. Who named Dr. He King this message the King of Love. The land. And he spread his message of love across the land. I don't dream of a better yesterday, folks, to put it in perspective. And I happen to have been living in Atlanta, Georgia, during Dr. King's inspired leadership. I grew up in Atlanta. I attended elementary school in Atlanta. I attended high school in Atlanta. I attended college in Atlanta, Morehouse College. And so during those turbulent times of segregation, boycotts, as well as during those times when Dr. King was imprisoned for speaking out, I was in the middle of some of it, but I was not in the middle of some of the demonstrations. And I can vividly remember Growing up in Atlanta during the Dr. King days, three experiences related to the segregation of the time. And remember, I don't dream of a better yesterday. I dream of a better today and a better tomorrow. And because of Dr. King and others, today I am able to dream of a better today and a better tomorrow. But we must remember yesterday. I remember the water fountains. I remember the writings on the inside of the public buses. And I remember how restaurants treated black people during the 50s and the 60s. I will never forget when I was a young man, probably about the age of eight. My brother was about seven. And my mother used to go shopping in the bargain basement of a department store back then called Riches. Mom shopped in the bargain basement because that was the only thing that we could afford when she was trying to buy us school clothes. And I'll never forget one time when mom took my brother and I, who was about a year and a half younger than me, to the bargain basement with her as she was shopping. And being mischievous little boys, 
we saw the water fountains sitting next to each other. And we asked our mother, could we go get a drink of water? And my mother said, yes, but y'all make sure y'all drink from the colored fountain. There was a sign over one of the water coolers that said colored. There was a sign over another water cooler right next to it that said white. So my brother and I, being seven and eight years old, we went over to the water fountains. And there weren't a lot of people in the bargain basement at that particular moment. So my brother and I looked at each other and we were both thinking the same thing. What's the difference? You see, we had not been taught segregation or the rules of segregation. We had experienced some of it, but we had not been taught the rules of segregation. And my brother and I looked at one another. And I said, you go first. And he took a sip from the fountain that said white. And then he stood guard and watched as I took a sip from the fountain that said white. And then we both took a sip of water from the water fountain that was marked colored. And after we both had sipped water from both fountains, not being caught, we looked at each other and said almost simultaneously, the water tastes the same. But we didn't know that it was a sign of segregation. The water fountains were marked colored and white. We experienced that as young boys. I can remember having to ride the bus to school on occasion. And I can vividly remember the writings at the front of the bus, public transportation. The writings which said, whites seat from front, colored from rear. At first, I didn't know what that meant. Until one day I got on the bus and I took a seat in the middle of the bus on my way to school. I was about high school level then. This was back in the late 50s and the early 1960s. And I can remember whites getting on the bus and the bus driver telling me as the front section started to fill up, uh, boy, you have to move to the back of the bus. I could have resisted but he was prepared to call the police and I probably would have ended up in jail. And by this time I was much more mindful of what segregation meant. So I moved with my friends and I to the back of the bus. That's what that sign meant. Whites seat from the front. Color seat from the rear. 
In other words, we were supposed to start sitting at the back of the bus and work our way forward, and whites were supposed to sit from the front of the bus and work their way backwards. We learn that lesson through experience. Keep in mind, folks, I don't dream of a better yesterday. These are just the facts of yesterday. And Dr. King, with his inspirational leadership, helped to change hearts and minds. And then there was another incident as a young man here living in Atlanta. We lived on a street called Pelham Street, which was off of Old Ashby Street. And that was a restaurant at the corner of Ashby and Bankhead Highway here in Atlanta. And my brother and I had made money, saved some money, doing lawn work, doing chores for mom and dad, getting a little pittance here and a pittance there. So one day as young men, we got the bright idea. We wanted a store-bought hamburger. Mom made great hamburgers at home. But one day we wanted a store-bought hamburger from the cafe on the corner of Ashby and Bankhead. We had been by it many times. But we had never been inside of it. Here again, we were young men. We didn't know the rules of segregation. We saw it here and there in the news. But we really didn't know. So when my brother and I had saved up enough money, we decided, the two of us, to walk to that corner cafe at Ashby and Bankhead. And we were going to buy us a store-bought hamburger. We went inside the front door of the restaurant. We walked up to the counter. And the man behind the counter said, what do you boys want? We said, We'd like two hamburgers, and he told us how much it would be. We had enough money to buy two hamburgers. He took our money for the cost of the hamburgers, and then he said, come around to the side of the building where I'll give you your hamburgers. We thought that's where everybody picked up their hamburgers. We went to the side of the building, and soon after, he gave us a bag with our hamburgers in it. We didn't know that he was basically saying, I'm not going to serve you inside the cafe, but I will serve you through the side door, the hamburgers that you had enough money to buy. So I experienced segregation of the South. But then there was a man, as Nina Simone sang about so eloquently, that she dubbed the king of love. Why? Because he changed hearts and minds. And that was the beginning of making America a better America.
You see, Martin Luther King Jr. is a benchmark in our history because he led a movement that changed hearts and minds about the promise of our founders. Namely, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men and women are created equal. Martin Luther King Jr. was not seeking more than that creed. He just wanted this nation to live up to that creed. Major milestones to that end were achieved with the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and the Voting Rights Act of 1965. I grew up in Atlanta in the 50s and the 60s as this changing of hearts unfolded, led by Dr. King. I and millions of other people witnessed the struggle and the violence leading up to those historic legislative achievements, and they were historic. Having graduated from high school, as I mentioned, in 1963, I lived to see them and now to live them while many others did not. Their fight and sacrifice paved the way for our opportunities today. That's why I remind people, I don't dream of a better yesterday. I dream because of their sacrifice of a better tomorrow. Not all hearts in America changed back then. Because one heart did not change. And that was the man who assassinated Dr. King in 1968. His unfortunate death emboldened the movement to live up to America's creed. And caused a few more hearts and a few more minds to change. Just as I and millions of other people were beneficiaries of the legislative achievements of 1964 and 1965 we were also beneficiaries of Martin Luther King's tragic death in 1968. It happened to be the year following my graduation from Morehouse College. We were beneficiaries not because he died, but, be but because America would rise. You see, the United States of America has come a long way from its founding. With the leadership and tenacity of people like George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, John F. Kennedy, Ronald Reagan, and Martin Luther King Jr. America has come a long way. You see, some people pay too much attention to yesterday. Although it's important. Some people pay too much attention to it. I don't dream of a better yesterday. I dream of a better tomorrow. And remember, rather than remember how things might have been, we should focus on how things can be. Yes. Stop dreaming of a better yesterday, folks. Dream of a better tomorrow and do something 
about it. Martin Luther King Jr. had a dream of a better tomorrow. His life and death were not in vain. As Nina Simone sings, the king of love, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. This is your host, Herman Kane.